Boys We're good at this. Boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. You know that song? I don't remember the part that you just did. What yeah. was that little instrumental? <laughs> I think that's I think that's a part of it. I mean, it is now. It's is it the Beastie can't. Boys? No. no. I'm going <laughs> to do a quick Google. There's no way that is the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the Beach Boys. Um, it's a it's by Thin Lizzy. What? So the boys are back in town. Is a song by Irish hard rock band Thin Lizzy. So oh. swing and a miss, <laughs> double swing. I mean, the first one was a deliberate miss. I knew that. Yeah. The second yeah. one I thought was maybe um, a little bit closer. Yeah. Hmm. You are you recording? We have oh, yeah. smile, so make sure no, you yeah, get I'm, it all. I'm recording. Max. Okay. Sam. Hello. Hello. Hold on. Emily's mm-hmm. listening to a podcast without headphones. Ugh. Emily, headphones. I, I, heard, I heard your murder podcast. I was listening to your podcast. Yeah, I heard your murder. Oh, I'm getting Show me your phone. Show me your phone. Show me your phone. Exactly. That's your murder podcast. Get out of here. We're starting. I was getting caught up and ready for the new season. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Can <laughs> I use the blow dryer on low? No. Oh, my God. This is good. We're good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think. I don't think that's usable. Yeah, to, to think. I don't think the boys are back in pub. Part was good until I thought we were onto something. And well, we got we I walked mean, in your bit. Max, we did talk about like, all right, you know, we're back here, season four. Is there anything we want to do different, differently mm-hmm. with our podcast? Maybe professionalize a little bit. And uh, we landed on no. So. Yeah. This is probably just going to stay in. Let's yeah, it's 100% going to stay in. Maybe we'll yeah. cut out some, some yelling here and there. but I mean, um, maybe, maybe. I think it's almost like we chose an even looser style of recording for the newest season. <laughs> A lot yeah. more background characters. We just kind of turn on, turn, on turn on the mics for like an hour and then whatever happens, happens. Yeah. We might just sit down and play video games together at some point. <sighs> that sounds pretty and good. Just let this, and let the sound kind of just carry itself through. Max, check-in question. Checking question. Um, oh, this is my. This is me. Yeah, this is um, you. This is uh, the only thing we like pre-gamed. Yeah, we pre-gamed this, and we've obviously it's going to be really good because we did. Um, this week's checking on question comes courtesy of Kira. Uh, this came from her brain. If you uh, got started at a young age, and let's say that our parents, even though they kind of did this for you, no offense, being the mm-hmm. oldest brother, you got this privilege a little bit, mm-hmm. funneled a lot of uh, time and energy and resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, into you playing a sport that is hmm. in the Olympics. Um, Are you saying I squandered my opportunity? No, I'm not saying you threw away <laughs> your shot. But hmm. uh, <laughs> but anyways, knowing knowing your 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 body, your who you are as an individual, what Olympic sport do you think you could have maybe realistically gone to the Olympics in? Uh, we'll go summer or winter. Um, I know this is where you're going to bring up that you played hockey with people that have been on the Olympic team before. So I don't did, have I played with anyone who's on the Olympic team. Not the current team, but, no. but number two. Oh, yeah, past. Really? Are they are actually on Not, the Olympic team. I mean, I played with people in the pros, but I don't know if anyone on the Olympic team. Maybe though. I think it wasn't the it wasn't the U.S. Olympic team. But I feel like you had played against guys um, that had played uh, for Team Canada and such uh, a couple Olympics back. Maybe there was there was a year where I feel like I remember a distinct Sam Sperlin tweet. Um, where you, you tweet about you, should you be rethinking your life choices when you have 
X number of guys who are playing in the Olympics are people that you've either played with or against. All right. Well, I have an answer to this question because it's been a topic of conversation at the ready. Oh, because apparently there is a man on the U.S. US curling curling team team named Matt Hamilton (laughs) that looks like me. Yep. And he is an elite athlete, peak male Mm -hmm. performance. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that tells me that I could have been a professional curler. Yeah, you guys have a very similar look. I don't know if you watch the Olympics this year. Um, Not he really. went for he went for a different look this year, which is to say he kept he has a mustache a lot like yours. Yeah, uh, similar face shape to you, but he rocked a huge mane of hair this yeah, year. Yeah, he's got real long um, hair. But last Olympics when they won the gold, um, he he looked he looked a bit more like you. But that seems fitting, you know. I, I'm on the USA curling team's website right now, and they have like the mm-hmm. women's team and the men's team right next to each other. The women's team fair. looks totally respectable, like a like a group of nice, like attractive young women, and the men's team is just this hodgepodge of weird looking dudes. Yeah. Huh. They uh they are truly. A- bunch of dads um but that is yeah. their whole story actually there's a do you see there's a i think it's on amazon prime there's a little document mini series that came out about them uh like a four-part series about the men's olympic uh, not, gold medal team from from I the past olympics not seen that um but yeah that seems fitting and honestly that was when i answered this question on a, a different zoom caller this week that was my original answer uh, and it was partly just because i really wanted to i just really want to curl i really want to go curling i feel that like um seems fun they just opened some curling lanes here in nashville so a new hot spot for curling um but so that was my original answer i think i mean obviously it's a little bit cheating because it's uh hockey adjacent i really think speed skating i think you know uh, i obviously don't have the quads of those people or those skaters but i think that's a sport that i could have been could have been pretty good at you think so um i think so i'm kind of i'm not like very i don't remember you being like particularly fleet of foot as a hockey player well, I thought there was a little bit of an insinuation that we were going to put some training in. Yeah, you know? okay. I didn't necessarily train very hard <laughs> to be fast. Yeah, um, I think you could do like the horse dancing. Horse dance? What do you what? Is, is that some, an sort, of, some sort of equestrian <laughs> thing? I think it is. I think it is a thing. Rhythmic horse dancing. Horse dancing. <laughs> horse dancing Olympics. Get, let me let me Google that. Yeah, please. You're gonna get some weird stuff otherwise. I don't uh, know. I think it's a thing. Dressage. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, I, I'm terrified. We've gone over this on the podcast. I'm terrified of horses. Um, uh, you're a farmer, Sam. Dude, hey, I, hold on, dude. Dude, real talk. Yeah. Jokes all off the room. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah, horses are so scary. Are so scary. <laughs> They're the scariest animal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, okay. Well, I don't. I'm not going to. They're go the scariest that animal <laughs> that that humans regularly interact with. Is that better? Yeah, I think I'm maybe Sharks. cows. Cows up higher for me. A cow is scarier like, than a horse. They're a lot heavier, man. They're not that much heavier. Like when you're up to that heavy, it doesn't really matter the difference. A horse, I feel like a horse has planning skills and like mm-hmm. cognitive ability, whereas a cow is just stupid. Uh, yeah. So I feel like that's a horse can have a grudge against you, and that's an animal that big with a grudge is not good. That's pretty insulting to cows, and I think there's some people around here who would who would disagree with you. Um, but no, I 100 percent agree with you. You're the one down. who got knocked down by the bull in Kentucky. Yeah, that was me. Okay, so I maybe I guess left some uh, intense memories on your on your brain. Yeah, that definitely lingers for sure, and uh, most of my day to day life. Um, but no, I've only, and I've only ever been on a horse. I think one time, 
And, and it was, it wasn't, I didn't have a negative, like a very negative experience. I just had that feeling of like, you know, this could, go, not, this could break bad at any yeah, moment. hundred percent. Like, I'm not in control poorly. here. Yeah. Uh, and I felt that the entire time that I was not in control. Uh, have you ever ridden a horse? Yeah, I have actually. And Nancy Uncle Joe. Oh, okay. Those are probably nice horses. I, they, they seemed okay. Uh, and there was some <laughs> other place where I did too, but I don't remember what it was. And I remember it went really well and I felt basically like I could have been a knight or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, you feel powerful on top of a horse. A well-behaved <laughs> horse, yeah. For sure. For sure. A well-behaved horse. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how we got into that. Oh, oh yeah. Can I tell massage. you about my new favorite YouTube thing that I have found? There's sure. an animal chiropractor. And he, he cracks the bones of animals, including horses. So, that's a, can, I just, can I just say something? That's a, that's a tough sentence you just threw at me. <laughs> you just threw animal chiropractor at me, and I was not ready for that or what that, what that could possibly mean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, send it my way. I'd like to watch some of those. Yeah, I guess um, on YouTube, search for animal cracker. Oof. <laughs> that's, that's the name, name. That's of his, his channel. <laughs> Can you help with – I can't help but feel like maybe he came up with that idea and then went into Animal Chiropractor <laughs> after he had the, the good pun. Like, you I know, so. someone who gets who gets into the business because the name's just too good to turn down. Yeah. Uh, Animal Cracker. All right. All right. Yep. I'll, I'll dabble. All right. That cool. seems – is it? Is there satisfying – is it a little oh, ASMR? He cracks, the hell, he cracks the hell out of these horses and <laughs> rabbits and chickens and dogs. Are Is that something that my chickens are missing? I think so. Are you not regularly adjusting your chickens? <laughs> I think the goose could for sure use an adjustment. <laughs> Maybe that's wow. why he's so ornery. Do you – does a vet just prescribe that you're – I feel like if a vet prescribed that my dog needed to go to a chiropractor, I'd be so skeptical <laughs> instantly of that of that whole situation. Yeah. But, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the uh, prescription uh, situation is with animal chiropractic, but uh, – he does Seems it. like a racket. Maybe. What? We'll test the animals. Right. See if they feel any better. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we're checked in, uh, <laughs> in the, and the only way that we can be. I feel uh, like this is um, an auspicious start to season four. Hey, welcome, everyone, all our first-time listeners. Uh, you're listening oh, yeah. to Fields of Work. We, we skip that part where we say what the podcast is and what we do and who we are. I'm Sam. I'm the oldest I'm brother. Max. I'm I'm the young farmer. Max is the farmer. I'm the corporate cool guy, um, and we talk about animal chiropractic. Chiropractory. Practory. Practory. That's a hard word. We talk about work. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we talk. We talk about back cracking. Um, uh, and I feel like I feel like this first episode we were going to come at it with some with some goofy loose energy. Once we have done this, it's been in, over a little months. while, and and you know. Who who has a plan really going to this? Not us, because I can tell you I'm looking at our spreadsheet. Um, it's a very empty so, document that I'm looking at right here. That's, that's all right. We don't need a document, Sam. This is that's this good. is all part of season four. This is a new thing. Season four, we're getting weird with it. Yeah, season four, <laughs> no do- season four, no documents. Uh, everything's weird, and we're gonna embrace that, and that's fine. Uh, it is fine. You're you're a, you're a crypto bro now, I think. Yeah, total heard. total crypto bro. You're going to be bringing us the hot new information about NFTs. Yeah, NFTs and, and crypto. Ethereum and crypto oh, yeah, and that yeah. Bitcoin. Oh, i got to turn this off. Embarrassing. Oh, my goodness. Embarrassing. That was our first guest. That was our brother Louis uh, reacting to a group text and it came through our, yeah. <laughs> through our podcast. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Louis. Lou, 
Nice, nicely done, Max. Um, it's been the off season, um, so yeah, so winter. You're in, you're in the crypto world. So winter off season, you've basically been like holed up in a cave like mm-hmm. a bear, right, for the past couple of months, just kind of getting cozy and mm-hmm. enjoying your off time, sipping hot chocolate and like snowshoeing. I mean, not that far. I mean, there's a lot of things you said there that were not true, but the, the but the energy is right. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely really because I feel like you've been doing a ton of work for a while now. I mean, actual. So the one thing with farming down here um, is for the, that for the list for the new listeners, where yeah, are you? I'm in I'm in Kingston Springs, Tennessee, outside Nashville. I uh, have been mostly up to this point have been farming in uh, northern climates, so Michigan and Massachusetts. Um, so this, this past season, I was just, wasn't sure what the winter would be like in terms of like taking normally in Michigan, you have no choice. You are done farming, um, because you can't do much outside unless you have a lot of heated greenhouses. And down here, I wasn't sure kind of what that in between season looked like. And because the earth is the way that it is now, um, it was just like weird weather after weird weather. So you could, we had 70 degree days late into December. You know, I was still pulling stuff from the field, even, um, crops I kind of left out there as just like a eh, maybe, and right. they just kept growing, and I kept you know harvesting some of them. Um, it was a really weird like dance between trying to figure out am I done, am I able to taper off and like consider the farm at rest for a little bit, or is stuff still happening? And um, I don't think I ever actually solved it. I mean, I think I had crops in the ground for for quite a while that I was still kind of toying around with, and they weren't like doing phenomenal because it was technically still winter and they're not getting much sunlight. Um, But it was weirdly warm and different things like that. So it had been kind of not as clear cut as I normally enjoy uh, winter time being, um, which is fine. I mean, I still um, was not working nearly, you know, 40 hours a week or anything like that. Um, And I I did get to kind of do my transition into crop planning and and more laid back work. But um, it's picking it's officially picking back up. February 1st was kind of like my uh, arbitrary first like let's get back into farming kind of a uh, uh, start date for myself. So um, things are, you know, we could talk a little bit about what I've been doing now, but, but for most of winter, it was a little of um, working through what was in my storage from, you know, the fall, those, those winter squashes you helped me pick and things like that. Um, expertly where, you know, pick. Expertly pick and, and, and sell as much as I could and mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, just, just mess around a little bit on the farm trying to figure out, you know, what's what's still growing um but but i'm past that now and, and now i'm farming again what's the um what walk us through one or two of your like winter time projects that you undertook while things were a little bit calmer you know what what sort yeah. of things did you work on that you normally can't during the year i mean some of the the less exciting things but stuff that excites me a lot is the you know entire clearing out of the the shed that i use for um all storage and also kind of where our wash pack is for produce and stuff you know pulling everything out going through what is still needed what's not you know throwing stuff away donating sharpening tools putting things and putting it all back in a way that um i felt like was uh ideally more efficient than the year before and would would make things smoother for me being a mostly one person farm um so that was a couple you know a couple days throughout a, a sunny week or so um, we reskinned both the hoop houses, so we, we took all the plastic off um, and put new plastic on. It's usually like a pretty straightforward thing. It takes a couple people. Um, 
and trying to schedule people to get here to do it. I just picked the day that looked sunny. I had crops in the in the tunnels, so I didn't want to like pick a freezing cold day because they were going to lose their protection for a couple hours. And uh, instead, I, the day I ended up choosing, uh, there was like 45 mile per hour gusts of wind, <laughs> and it made for an incredibly frustrating um, uh, time. To, to And these aren't big tunnels. It's not like there's 100 feet of, of plastic blowing around. You know, it's about 50 feet or so. But it's uh, enough to, to be really incredibly frustrating. That's still basically so that, a big-ass sale. Yeah. And so we got them over, no problem. Um, but the goal is to have it as tight as possible. You know, you really want to trap the heat by having no ripples in it. You want it to shed wind as best as possible as we've gone over my nemesis, right. the wind. Um, and so that was a project a couple weeks ago we did, and, and it was definitely a – um, it feels good now that it's over and it had been on my to-do list forever and a thing you usually tackle kind of in the off season. Um, so those were, those were two big ones and a lot of like maintenance on my little walk behind tractor, you know, during the farm season, I don't maintenance that thing at all. I put gas in it and continue to run it and keep using it. Um, I felt maybe the manliest I've felt in months was I drained the oil from my little walk behind tractor wow. and replaced the oil. And yeah, so, wow. do you spend um, a lot of time kind of walking around without your shirt on and wiping your hands on a cloth? Mm-hmm. I actually wore my uh, my coveralls, you know, I had my name stitched on the yeah. the breast on the breast of it, and uh, I, had, I was constantly wiping my hand on a white towel. Yeah, um, I was wearing like a, a ruddy white T-shirt rolled up a little bit. Yeah, you have a pack <laughs> of cigarettes rolled in the sleeve. Pa- of course, pack cigs. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, I was I was. It's hard to slide under a walk behind tractor. No, it tells you that you really got to <laughs> jack that thing up there to get underneath. But uh, <laughs> you managed it. <laughs> I managed it. Um, so those were, I mean, those are some of the little things. There's a, a thousand little projects I had been writing down all season, but I mean, the most important thing is that I then sat down and looked at spreadsheets and redesigned my crop plan for the season, which wow. is essentially spending some time with spreadsheets, Mister Mister Consultant guy Mr. over here working Mr. at the computer, <laughs> becoming corporate strong. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't lean on you for any advice during those. those I actually times. do <laughs> almost nothing in spreadsheets, so I would not have been helpful. Okay. Um, so a lot of, you know, the crop planning, uh, which is essentially for those that don't listen to the podcast before or haven't listened to the podcast before, just kind of arbitrarily putting down when I'm going to plant, what I'm going to plant, um, how many beds, what's the quantity, and then transferring that information into something like a greenhouse schedule, which is essentially if you're putting tomatoes in May 15th in the field, you should probably start those tomatoes how far in advance in the in the greenhouse. So have you since started I start, anything yet? Yeah, I've got my um, so the the hoop houses are both planted as well, and then uh, I probably have 15, 20 trays of stuff started. Um, wow. So you know, my onions are started. I'm I'm still behind everyone down here because like we didn't we didn't put in a heated greenhouse this off season, but mm-hmm. the freshly uh, the new plastic on the hoop house is doing a pretty good job. Um, so actually I have tomatoes started for my other tunnel, um, some peppers, lettuce, things like that. So it is officially, there are the first boxes have been checked on this year's spreadsheets. So, um, uh, what are the biggest changes that you're doing in your crop plans compared to last year? Uh, More I mean, over? really, no, exactly the same amount actually. Okay. Uh, I felt, I felt like that was pretty up the gut, pretty, pretty decent. Um, but one thing I did at the end of the season last year was kind of mark out some new beds, um, using those tarps to kind of kill the weeds. Um, and had my neighbor till them with his bigger tractor. I've added, I think, uh, I ended up being about 30 new beds to the farm. So 
last year I think I was right over on 100, 106 or so, um, like 50 feet long beds. What about that field that I expertly picked all those rocks out of? Oh, that's the strawberry field. They look great. Okay. The strawberries look great. Those rocks are not hindering them one bit. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think this year, you know, we've, we've added 30 beds, which puts us closer to like three quarters of an acre. Um, 150 beds would be three quarters of an acre under production. So that's, a, that's just, you know, a lot more, genuinely a lot more space to play with in terms of crop planning. Um, I've done a lot of redesign in terms of the layout of the beds, which is just to say I do like raised beds on the farm. And what I learned last year was I'm, I am farming on a hill as it goes down to the creek and certain fields, um, the water would run across the beds versus down the pathway. And I was just constantly losing soil. Um, so I'm going to turn some of the beds on the farm, hoping to take advantage of the contour of the earth and stop mm -hmm. losing good topsoil. And mm -hmm. um, that hopefully that'll be less of a problem with all the rain we've been getting and, and we'll probably get throughout the season. So, um, but then in terms of actual like on farm stuff, I reduced a lot of the the variety that I was growing. Uh, I had a lot of fun with like, you know, growing leeks and celery roots and parsnips and all these other crops last year. But um, nothing was more discouraging than sitting and looking at the numbers of what I sold of those crops and quickly getting to realize, you know, no sane person would continue growing those um, unless I charged way more for them, which I wasn't going to do. So there was definitely a reduction in, in some of the the crops that I used to grow up north that don't do as well down here and increasing the numbers of stuff like um, that there was always demand for. Um, so that's the one nice thing is that every season you kind of learn, you know, this one well, this the highest well. in demand stuff. What do you wish you had more of last year? Mostly just greens. So, I mean like the arugula, baby lettuce, those like pre-washed greens, which are, which is great because those are a much higher value crop. Um, so there was a lot of demand for, for those at the market and, uh, like head lettuce and things that are tough to grow in a hot summer, but there's definitely ways around it. And um, and then the other thing would be that, you know, I'm hoping this year my, my peppers just don't like deteriorate um, from a mystery disease. So um, did you do you know, anything to try to address that field? That field is, is in my crop plan, I think it's 12 beds is, is marked essentially red. And the indication there is as soon as it's um, dry enough and I'm able to, I'm going to do a couple different rounds of, uh, I think we've talked a little bit about it, but cover cropping, um, using a cover crop that's supposed to have a, a built-in fungicide. Um, so when you till it under, um, after you let it grow for a long time, you mow it, till it under all on the same day, and then put a tarp over it. Um, supposedly, these mustard greens I'm going to grow have this natural fungicide that might kill the soil-borne disease, um, which would be cool to see if that works, but, you know, uh, I don't know if I'll be at this farm long enough. So who knows what the payoff really is? Like how many years do you have to do that? Or right. um, the other key could just be, I think, not planting any crops in it, at least until late next summer. Um, that's partly why I wanted to add the new beds was the idea that I knew I was going to lose these beds for a, a good chunk of the season. So we'll see what I, what I learned from that. And let's just hope that I don't see it popping up around the farm in other places. I think I probably will. I think it's just the nature of a soil borne disease and a small farm is that it will appear somewhere else. I'm just hoping it's not in uh, the large quantities that it was before or nearly as lethal as it was before. Right. Um, Cause that took down a field pretty fast last season. Um, you're, you're out there with me. You're picking soggy peppers. It was pretty gross. <laughs> it was pretty gross. So um, other than that, you know, it's, it's just streamlining some of the stuff that we grew, hoping for better individual crops. Um, 
and just better practices in terms of, you know, hopefully be able to do more or the same amount with the same crew that we had last year. Um, I think we're going to add a a little CSA and a couple other different marketing options um, because some things got rearranged. But um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. That's the part that I know is not your favorite, but is very important to the success of a farm, which is like, how are you going to sell all this stuff? So you said you said you're going to do a CSA. Yeah. So I think we're going to start um, with just like a small spring CSA, like 10 weeks from spring into early summer, um, like 15, 20 people, nothing crazy, um, just to see how that is sustained on, on a half acre. And um, ideally, if I'm growing enough variety and things are growing well enough, I'll, I'll do one in the fall as well. Um, and the summer is actually kind of tough to grow stuff in terms of August. So I'll probably take July and August off in terms of CSA. And hopefully that goes well. Same market. We're considering adding a second market. Um, we just have to figure out which one that would be. Um, and then there's some restaurants that we're going to try harder with this season, but, um, overall I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, in getting our, uh, individual ordering system better than it was last year, which is to say, you know, on Text Sundays messages and, and Instagram messages. Yeah. It was just like a, a thousand different pieces of information. We have the farm store reestablished and set up and we're hoping for a better system overall using MailChimp and just trying to get, um, where it doesn't feel like I'm constantly checking my phone to see what text came in or whatever it is. You know, it, we went through a lot of iterations last season and growing pains as we tried to figure it out. Um, and I think that kept us from having as many orders as we could. So if we can streamline some of that, it'd be great to, to have much higher, um, number of our sales come from those orders early in the week. So we'll see how that goes. I expect like every season, there'll be tons of minute changes that are going to happen over time. Um, but I feel way more prepared going into the season. You know, I spent a lot of the time, one of those farm t- winter tasks was just like um, going to the the farm supply store up in Kentucky, you know, and picking up the stuff I need long into the season, trying to make it so I don't have to make trips up there mm-hmm. every other weekend, you know, driving three hours round trip total to pick up stuff is, is killer when, you know, you're in the, the heat of it in the middle of the summer. Um, so we'll see, we'll see if all that pays off. Um, but right now feeling pretty good if the, the weather would cooperate, but you know, that's a different, what's the weather doing? It too rainy to do stuff. Yeah. We've just had insane. I mean, I don't know if we recorded, we must have recorded the podcast right before it happened last time. The last one, the, there was the tornadoes that happened down here. Maybe we talked yeah. about that. I think we did talk about that actually. Yeah. There was the, torna- the, did. the tornadoes happened in early December and then, um, Last Thursday, there was crazy severe weather. Really, really, I mean, everyone had it across the U.S., but really high winds um, for a while. You know, all day we were kind of sitting on pins and needles waiting to see if it would turn into tornado warnings or anything. I learned a lot about meteorology that day as I read uh, a lot about – I followed this one account on uh, Twitter who does a great job kind of – You have a Twitter account? I don't tweet or anything. I just follow this guy. What's your? Tw- what's? Oh, I want to follow you. I want to find you on Twitter. What's your Twitter I don't, name? I don't. That's that's probably a lot like my my my, my birth name. Oh. Um, All right. I'm but I don't you. ever tweet. I don't ever tweet anything right now. It it was mainly so I could read his stuff. Um, but so we had severe weather last Thursday. Um, oh, there you was, are sitting on the sitting on the picnic table. You have you have thirty eight followers, man. Yeah, it's from thirty nine now. <laughs> good old days. Um, and so anyways that oh, you've had this account since 2015 sorry yeah i made it made it back in high school we're not we're not going to earth college let's not go through max's uh 
high school Twitter. Uh, that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think those were my fashion blog days. But uh, anyways, we had severe th- thunderstorms last week. And then um, this week we knew, luckily with more forewarning than we had last season, that a ton of rain was coming. Um, so we spent a lot of time preparing this week for basically assuming it was going to flood. Um, and by that, I mean the other side of the farm, the other side of the creek. Um, last season, you know, we got those like 18 to 24 inches in the barn and everything um, from that crazy storm. And so this time we had more preparation. And so it's been raining for, I would say, 48 hours straight uh, with little breaks on and off. And luckily, you tweeted at me in January 21st, 2016, heard the storm might knock NYC off the map. I don't remember what we were talking about then, but it must have been when Probably. I was living in New York. Probably the hurricane, right? Was that in 2016? No, I, I didn't no. have a hurricane when I was in New York. Okay, um, that seems pretty insensitive of me to say. Yeah, I feel like I was saying a lot of words right here, Sam, and, I, and you were actually deep into the archive of my Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not, scrolling through your Twitter right now. I definitely, it's not. raining a lot. The weather's bad. Hey, That's listen, basically we what you're saying, We don't have to right? do this podcast. <laughs> we do. We absolutely do. There's no one. There's no sponsors waiting on us. If you don't want to hear what I have oh, yeah. to say, oh yeah. Speaking of which, should we do a quick, uh, quick sponsor break? Sure. What do you got? Uh, what do you have around you? I mean, well, here's this was is one suggestion I got from a friend for the the new um, new season of the podcast. He asked if he could Venmo us each five dollars if he could send in some ad copy. I said, you, should, you bet your ass you can. Yeah, for five dollars, that's a, that's at least like a sentence or two that I'll read. Yeah, so so Jimmy might be sending in a, a, some ad copy. I mean, realistically, I better uh, see my part of it. <laughs> I, I you know what? Considering who pays for the website and then the other stuff that we need for this podcast, I think maybe I should get all of it. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. I can send it. I can send it your way. <laughs> Just kidding. Here, um, I don't have a. Here's something I can. I'm gonna advertise um, a birthday card from that I got from Grandma Nan because it was mm-hmm. my birthday. Grandson, you're at that age where everything's changing and the world is becoming your own. Apparently, that age Whoa. is 35. <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes hard to let go of the little boy you were, but it's so easy <laughs> to love and be proud of the good man you are becoming. I'm not there yet. Apparently, yeah, no. well, <laughs> on my way. Thanks, Grandma. Um, Grandma on blast like that. So that's sweet a, card. This is a wonderful card, and she sent me a check for twenty five dollars. You don't deserve that. I absolutely do not. Uh, so uh, that's um, so. I guess I'm advertising grandmas and birthdays. <laughs> our our grandma specifically. Yeah. Um, I was gonna. I mean, if I actually wanted to, to advertise, you know, something that people could check out. Sam, I should be. And it's something that I spent a lot of time working on now, and I'm sure will come up a lot in this season of the podcast is uh, Kira's bookstore, because um, yeah. that's what I'm, I'm. I'm outsourcing books now. Well, you're and actually you're talking. actually advertising a thing. Yeah, wow. right. I'm gonna advertise. I'm gonna advertise this thing. She didn't so, pay us, but, but say, yeah, how much is she fine. paying for this spot? I think she's cooking dinner, which is really sweet. So I'm gonna. I am not gonna payment. see one bite of that. She said something nice about Emily earlier off the podcast. That so again you, does that, not affect me. Uh, you share a home. <laughs> um, All right. Anyways, tell everyone, us about Kira's bookstore. Yeah, if you if you enjoy if you're if you are the reading type and enjoy sweet, cool vintage covers and vintage classics and cool books, um, I guess a lot of it's contemporary as well. Uh, she runs a Instagram bookstore under the name Sage Book Co. Uh, we both spend a lot of time taking pictures and looking for books and talking about books with people, and it is a great joy for both of us and has become probably my second pastime after farming now. You're farming um, books. I'm farming and farming books. 
And so that is definitely we'll hear a lot more about it, I'm sure, throughout the season of the podcast, because you know, right. today I was at a lot li- at that library sale when you were here. I went back to that library today. They had a library sale nice. sourcing some sourcing some content for the store um, and people should check it out. Actually, a lot of our family already supports. How do you find it? Cool. Uh, if you just go right now, there's no website yet, but it's all through Instagram. If you look up Sage, S-A-G-E book co um, and there'll be see a bunch of posts of what's available. Do you guys need a book model? Do you want me to hold some books without we, my shirt? Um, wow. I think that's a, definitely a thing. That, as a consultant, is that what you would say that is a good idea? <laughs> it seems like it's worth trying maybe. Say it's a try. <laughs> you want, the books currently lay on a floor, which I think is probably oh, just as good. That's not at all as good. <laughs> need a little eye candy. Listen, I'll run it past the boss. I think that one might that one might die on the floor there. <laughs> but right, we get well, we're cutting your floor. I've got so. I've got lots of other ideas. So okay, we'll 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 make it work. This is all pro bono work, I'm assuming. <sighs> yep. For now. Yep. We'll pay you in literature. Okay, that's fine. I'll um, take that. So yeah, this this podcast ever wants to take a turn towards more talking about books, just you just let me know, and I'm there in a heartbeat. Because I'm, I'm already. You know, I read a lot. I'm I'm already crushing my reading goal for the year, so um, I came I, out of the gates hot. I actually made a goal this year to read less than I normally do. Isn't that Whoa, weird? Whoa, that's so yeah. contrarian, dude. That's so cool. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what is this? Who is this character? <laughs> this, is, just, this is the way you were announcing that made it sound like a hipster. Like, I actually think the way to learn more is to read less. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm uh, sure it's a trade-off because you're doing other stuff. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are you reading? What are you what are you, what are you made? Little you asshole. Were, <laughs> you were listening to me when I was talking about being having bad weather. Because I was reading <laughs> your your Twitter, your words. That's not I, I was honoring you. Do you. That. I don't honor me. Don't find that. <laughs> I don't need I didn't ask you to go look through I'm my gonna back keep, catalog. I'm gonna keep going through that. <laughs> Okay, well, Later, this podcast is going to be nice time. and short. <laughs> on my own time. Um, anyway, so I'm sure was it because you want to spend more time doing doing fitness, doing meditating, doing writing, or is it just because you felt like you were too busy chasing the numbers? I mean, it was a combination of feeling like I should do other things, and also I just want to read more fiction. So this year, I kind of combined those two things, like do other things and also – like, don't worry so much about reading as much nonfiction as you can. Um, so that's yeah, that's kind of what I'm what I'm rolling with. Gotcha. Well, we can talk. We'll talk books then throughout the year, especially uh, now that you're reading. Now that you're reading fun stuff. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um. All right. So that's 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 my life. That's where I'm at. How Let's the chickens? About you. Real oh, quick. Chickens are fine. The chickens, chickens are, are great. I actually. Yeah, no, I, I finally made the trade. I finally that was a big, that was a big winner to do list. Is uh, I think I told you when we got those ten that were that were dropped off when you were here when mm-hmm. you helped with the big chicken transfer. Um, one of those turned out to be another rooster. Right. Yeah, I remember. We and about uh, we kind of just rocked that for a really long time, just two roosters, and then it slightly started to become a problem. And then that second rooster kind of had his own little harem that followed him around, and now the other hens would like let him anywhere near them. And so he like had his only like only two hens that would let <laughs> let him hang around with them, and um, we finally just realized like we need to get rid of this rooster. So we did a switcheroo. We traded back to get the hen that we were uh, a hen that we were supposed to get the first time around, and gave the rooster back to his original home. Hmm. He's not he was not turned into a dinner or anything. I think they were going to wow. keep him and, and continue 
Um, Do you still they, have those couple of chickens that can get out and just walk around? Oh, it has grown from a couple. I'll tell you that. Really? How? Um, what? Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, here's here's my main. I think. My Wait, main hold on, real is, quick. Is it yes. just the new ones that can do it, or have some of the old ones learned how to do it? I think some of the old ones are capable as well. Wow. So they're learning. So they saw. They basically. <laughs> this is like an inspirational story. They thought they were clipped. They thought they couldn't get out of the fence, and then these new ones came and and got out, and they saw what was possible, and they filled their little chicken hearts with the courage to hop up on top of the fence and get out. That's inspiring. It's a beautiful story until they try and cross the road and get smoked by a car going down our road. That'll be be the end of that saga. But yeah, no, there was the original two that used to always get out with the old rooster or the the second rooster. And then we clipped all of the wings again. Like every, every chicken that we thought was problematic, we grabbed that chicken (laughs) and clipped his wings. And I, 10 minutes after we did that, it was a big endeavor. There was like three of us out there catching chickens by hand and like holding it while one person cut the wings. And then we stood and we were talking. We looked over and watched two of them fly up onto the rail and get down. <laughs> so they won't be held down apparently by having their wings clipped. And um, it's partly because I think the we've added more wood chips to the area inside the fence. And I think it's raising the actual yeah. height. It's shortening the distance they have to fly. Um, so no, actually one of the things right here next to me on my to-do list is, uh, I think I just wrote figure out the chicken problem. I'm not sure how I worded it, but something along those lines is, is there's a chicken issue and I need to solve it. And it's, uh, basically the problem is right now I let them run. I let four of them like that get out every day, just do their own thing. Um, but the problem is going to be, uh, uh, the second they start eating my crops during the farm season, then we're going to have a problem. So, yeah. I, um, that'll be an ongoing, we're going to keep touching base about that, about the All chicken right. problem. <laughs> Because, because <laughs> yeah. it's it's going to be apparently something I'm going to deal with for a while. Um, but other than that, the chickens the chickens are good, all there. Flossie's still fine. Um, he's gone back to hating me. So huh. um, we have some we have some a relationship to rebuild. But right. you know, I'm not sure what happened. But he's he's definitely anti me again. So good for him. Yep. <laughs> so that's West Glove Farm. Pretty cool. What about you? What about me? Hmm. You were you've been traveling. I was in Denver for better part of a week. Denver, then Boulder, which is I don't I didn't realize how close they were. They're like in like forty five minutes apart. Uh, yeah. and then back to DC a couple days ago, which is the first travel. I think the first travel I've done in a in a hot minute. Maybe since our last retreat in uh in November. I think that might be right. Yeah. So what were you doing? What were you doing in Colorado? I was at a conference in Denver um, called ETH Denver, and I then went to a one of the DAOs that I'm working with. Uh, I went to their retreat for like a day and a half, and then I flew home. I don't even know what that means, and I don't know if we're mm-hmm. able to unpack it on this podcast. What's DAO? Mm-hmm. What's a DAO? A DAO? A DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. D A L. Okay. Um, they're basically. An organization uh, – so the simplest way to think of a DAO is that they are essentially a shared bank account uh, and a chat room. And they, uh, through kind of their own um, self-organizing, decide what to do with their shared bank account. And there are some DAOs that are like just collecting art or collecting NFTs. There are some DAOs that are – like providing services to other DAOs. Like there's this DAO called Raid Guild, which is all like um, product 
consultants, basically. Like you can hire them to build you a website or a digital product or something. There are DAOs that exist purely to like acquire a thing. So a little while ago, there was this thing called Constitution DAO where they basically crowdfunded a bunch of money to buy one of the copies of the, uh, one of the original copies of the Constitution at auction. Um, and there are DAOs that can do all sorts of things. There are, there are DAOs that are purely just kind of like social like communities and clubs. Um, but they're basically this really interesting form of a self-organizing, um, self-managing organization that is enabled by blockchain uh, technology. And that's what I've been working on since November-ish, basically figuring out, helping the ready figure out um, what role, if any, we should be playing in this in this kind of Web3, is what it's called, uh, Web3 space. Um, and we just found out yesterday that the initiative is going to continue for another trimester of me getting paid by the ready to continue to build out this new, um, new line of business for us. So for the past week, I was at like the biggest, um, kind of crypto conference, um, in Denver called ETH Denver, meeting a bunch of people who I've been working with, uh, online up to this point, meeting a bunch of them in person, going to a couple of talks, um, we hosted a, a, an invite-only dinner, we being the ready. Uh, so three of us from the ready and then like nine, eight or nine people that we expressly invited who um, we've been working with or we wanted to get to know better who are like influential people in the space. So I, um, I am so social, socialed out. I, yeah. you know, I'm a typical Sperlin, I think, in most ways in that my natural instinct is introversion. Uh, but I can turn on the extroversion when my job or the situation requires it. Uh, and being at a conference has required it to basically be on the whole time. And actually, I came home from the conference re- directly into the Ready's retreat, which mm-hmm. luckily we were doing virtually. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've been going nonstop talking to people for like over a week. And here you are chatting with me. Here I am chatting with you. But you know what, Max? It doesn't feel like work talking to you. Good. You know, it's even better because you're not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what I meant. That's why it doesn't right. feel like work. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Sam, as you say all of that, I can't help but uh, feel like every day you and I grow farther apart when you say things like uh, talk about Dow and crypto. <laughs> and I think uh, I become more of a more of a, a, a man who pulls carrots from the ground. I bet you. You're... I bet you there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google right now. I bet you there's a farming related Dow. I'm sure there is. I don't want to meet any of those people. Why? I, bet I, don't, you, you, I don't think I'm smart enough. You absolutely are to to dabble in this space. Um, I just think I just think it's fun. It's the, it's the it's the continuation of this podcast being about how sometimes you and I are polar opposites, <laughs> and I can't think of anything more polar opposite than NFTs and an organic farmer. Yeah. Like I I like I'm out here like I hold these <laughs> bunch of carrots and they have value to me because I can see the carrot in my hand and then you eat the carrot and it gives you sustenance and gives you money for it. And then there's NFTs where I wouldn't fungible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I need to start. NFTs. You mean mean the fact that I am currently acting as like a governance advisor to a metaverse real estate DAO um, makes you feel like we are on different worlds? Those aren't even words. You just said (laughs) stuff that wasn't words. I... If I wasn't your brother and you said those words to me, I'd hate you. Wow. I think that's a strong, I know it's a strong feeling. Why do you, why do you hate things that you don't understand? 
That's exactly ask the entire world that question, Sam. That's not just me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't hate that. I just definitely don't understand it, and currently have you know don't. Well, maybe I need to understand it. Who knows? Well, for this, for this podcast, I might have I'm, to. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's partially. It would be partially my responsibility to help you understand if we're going to continue this podcast, and I'm going to continue doing this as my primary line of work. I miss the days when you just used to consult for companies Wait, and not be able like, to talk about it. Do you feel like you had any better understanding of what this I did the, in the past? This is the scary part. I had more of an idea, I think. <laughs> I uh, think I, uh, I think this well here's the the interesting thing about this. Um I know like there's a bunch of vocabulary that's new and whatnot, but the work actually is not that different. Um DAOs are still groups of people coming together to work on stuff and anytime you're bringing a group of humans together to work on anything, to have some sort of shared goal that they are pursuing, you're going to have similar problems, and whether that's a you know one of our legacy clients or one of these newfangled DAOs, they actually are quite familiar. And a lot of the work I've been doing over the last couple of months has felt very familiar. Doing a bunch of strategy meetings, helping leadership teams think through some stuff that they want to do within the organization, um, doing retrospectives and other meeting facilitation. Um, so it's actually not not that different. The difference is just we get getting paid in crypto rather than like U.S. dollars, and just the overall like our you know the ready is self managing, and what we do is bring like self managing principles and ideas and be and, and practices to organizations. But our legacy clients, you know, we're not we're not going to make Johnson and Johnson a self managing organization. There's hundreds of thousands of people who work at that company, um, but. A DAO of a couple hundred people or even a couple of thousand people, just because by by virtue of how it of what it is um, and the way people interact with it and the fact that people are not employees and maybe next episode I can do like a like a quick overview of like really what is a DAO, um, but there's such a potential there for the ideas that we care about at the ready to like actually come to fruition in a much grander way at a. Uh, at something like a like a DAO than it can at a more legacy organization. So that actually is like really fun um, and um, exciting to to be working on um, for for someone like me. Neat. Well, I don't I don't mean to actually disparage the work that you're doing. I think it's cool. It's uh, I feels like a pretty. I mean, as much as you say it's a similar in vein of what kind of stuff you're doing, it seems like a interesting. Um, lane change a little bit from the stuff you had been doing at the ready uh, in terms yeah, of being out of client you know, that's for fair. a long time and, and going from like a member of like a 10 person team to being like one of two people who are working on this like totally new area like that has felt very different and, and very energizing for me yeah it seems uh, I know you guys always believe in like self managing and everything else but it seems like even looser terms because you have you're kind of creating a whole new thing uh, within the ready, so I imagine that's that's uh, daunting, but also kind of you know uh, yeah. an exciting feeling again. Yeah, totally. The goal the goal is by our next retreat, which is in June, is to have this work continue, but not require any more capital infusion from the rest of the ready. Basically, continue doing this work, but have the work actually be paying me and whoever else is working on it, and not having money kind of coming from the center of the ready out into into the work that we're doing. So I think we're well on our way to, to doing that. We got paid a little bit, a couple thousand dollars over the last four months for some of the work that we've been been up to, um, 
which is just kind of a drop in the bucket of what we need to be making for it to be self-sustaining. But it was at least kind of proof of concept that we could be paid for the stuff that uh, we're good at. Cool. Yeah. Any any other travel on the on the um maybe toronto for a day or two my my partner who i'm working on um this dow stuff with uh their name is tanisi and uh we may meet up um they're they're in halifax uh but but they're going to toronto uh for something and so we might meet up for a day or two just to do like a strategy meeting for our our own work nice other than that i think emily i are gonna go to florida in april for some like last second wedding stuff um, before that, and then you know wedding in May. Yeah, see, you. I'll see you there. Oh yeah, you coming? <laughs> I'm coming. I, I yeah, I found the space in my schedule to make it work. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, don't make me regret it. Okay, make sure it's. <laughs> okay. I'll take take that th- weird threat, and I don't know what yeah. I'm gonna do with it. But <laughs> yeah, you know what would what would make it feel like really worth it for you? You know, Sam. Just everyone having a good time. Okay. And you know, I leave with memories I'll never forget. Um, um, I mean, you can not forget terrible memories. That's true. You might want to be right. more specific. That's a, that's a good point. Here's the thing: a terrible memory at a wedding it might mean that something bad would happen to you, being the focal point of a wedding. Yeah. Uh, you would, so I don't know if you'd really want that. I don't. I don't want that. Yeah. So no, it'll be great. Okay. Cool. I'm excited. We're doing a big family Airbnb. Uh, nice. For the rest of the family that's coming, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I'm sure we'll talk all about it. Sure we will. All right. Well, it feels good to be to, to be back back in it. We haven't really talked about what cadence we're gonna do. Maybe every other week or so. I don't know. We'll whatever feels good. That's the the theme of season four. Just just whatever feels good. Yeah. So we'll see you guys in June. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> Ye of little faith. Ye no, of little faith. Do you see the calendar invite that I sent you? I've already made it you did. every two weeks. I sure did, and that was ambitious. But you know what? I appreciate it. Um, right. I enjoy I enjoy a, a schedule, so I will I will put it on there, and we will try and stick to it. All right, we're gonna do it, barring any uh, Red Wings games. Yeah, we always got to kind of move like <laughs> a day later or earlier, depending on yeah. what the Red Wing game is. Well, yeah, because we that's how we Spartans live our lives. That's true. Yep. All right, we're we done now. Yeah, we're done. All right, goodbye, everyone. See ya.